GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. And welcome everybody to Ask Gun Questions. Like it says, we uh, go live every weekend. Saturdays and answer gun questions. I was a little bit late here because I've been watching a movie. Got Clover joining us from Texas. Thanks for jumping in. Hey, man. Good to be here. I'm assuming you're in Texas again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're back. And then uh, we send an invite out to Tony each week and every once in a while, uh, Dan from uh, Hot of Gold Auctions will uh, show up as well, but he's usually tooling around on Saturdays. So we go live and we answer questions that you can ask the questions over at askgunquestions.com. And then they go into this spreadsheet I'm about to open up on the screen here. And then on Saturdays, we go and open them up and look at them. So that's what I'm doing now. We'll see if we got any new ones. This Oh, it looks like we've got a whole bunch of new ones here. So thanks to everybody who's been asking questions or helping Woods ask questions. Because I know he put the word out for people. And... Uh, I wanted to first ask Clover. We didn't. You weren't. You weren't here last week, right? Like you were on the road still. Yeah, that's correct. I can't even remember. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. So how did, Saturday. I'm trying to think. Saturday, I don't think you jumped in. I think I was. I think last week I was by myself. Yeah. Like Saturday. Or maybe. Yeah, Saturday was like a jam-packed day of seeing things in Colorado, right? So. Yeah. There we talked no off air about time. something somewhere, and it wasn't in this show then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, want to talk in this show live about how your trip went? You did some gun stuff on the trip. I mean, um, I know it was a personal trip mostly, but you did some gun stuff, right? Other than going to Dragon Man, so I think that was it. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, how'd you like Dragon Man then? Yeah. Um, it was okay. I mean, if you've seen your videos and other people's videos, it's, it's you know, there's nothing. Other oh, there's than no way to describe Dragon Man's in a video though. It's first off, it's his house, right? It's like his garage and his backyard and stuff like that element right. of it. Nobody gets it. I don't think anybody gets that. So did that, right. or did you? Did you figure that out from watching all the videos? Or were you like, oh, wow, this is just this guy's house? No, I don't think I realized it from the videos necessarily. And then, but... Now, I got a couple of questions, and I'm going to do this because I dig gun shops. I know Clover, and I'm a big fan of Dragon Man's, and I've been there a bunch of times. So what did you think about, first off, you used Google Maps or something, or how did you get there? Uh, yeah, just typed it into the thing. Okay, because I know that you met some people in town, so it wasn't like they said, oh, just go here and turn left, so you knew exactly where you were going. You were using the Google Maps to get there? Yeah. Okay, and then you're coming from town, not from out of state, so you're coming from the west out to Dragon Man's, right? Yeah, and then correct. Did it yeah. feel like it was way out of town, or did it feel like it was right next to town? It, 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 it felt like it was closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like then you thought it would be, right? Or then you thought it yeah. really was on a map. Yeah, and, and it and it's interesting. I thought it would be in a more of a desert like area simply because mm -hmm. of the way like all the dirt tracks and the ranges and the other things look there. Uh, it almost looks like it's in the desert and it's like 
it's not like everything around it's green pasture and stuff <laughs> so it's it's weird it, 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 it when you're like there prairie. when you're it's there prairie. it's like you don't yeah when you're there though you don't see a lot of grass and stuff right but like it's like prairie. It there's no trees it. anywhere but it's not yeah. desert for sure yeah and that's just yeah. time of year yeah. probably um because yeah. you definitely don't have grass or nothing so then as far as getting there and finding it were you there when it was crowded or did you get there when there was no line we were there like when they first opened. So I mean, they were, but it was a Saturday. So, I mean, they were, they were filling up Back. quick. Like the, yeah, the parking lot. you have lot to wait in the line? No. Wait in the line to get in? Okay. So yeah. then you just, because there's a big difference. You can, the next question I'm asked, what'd you think of the drive-in? The crazy driveway. Uh, that was pretty neat. Yeah, pretty neat. Sadly, be- you know, I had dash cam footage of that. And I was going to release that at least to like, you know, patrons and channel members. Um, like, you know, coming up. Dragon Man's driveway, and for whatever reason, it didn't freaking re- record. I got home and went to pull it. Like it's not there, so I don't know what's up. But it's up. No, it's also a horrible road to try to do because it it's all bumpy. So it's just unless you got a really. Good I figured. Day, I figured that's probably what happened. Is I wasn't paying attention, and it like a couple of bumps, and it that like the card shifted in the camera. Or well, it'll probably. A lot of times they go, oh, I heard a bump. I'm going to go backwards 30 seconds and record the accident. Oh, I hit a bump. I'm going to go backwards 30 <laughs> seconds. True. And then going down that road, it never records, you know, or something. Yeah. But anyway, so then, because you can imagine, if you had, because you've seen probably videos where some days you get there and everybody's there and he opens the gate and everybody comes in. So there you're waiting in line the whole time, which would be a whole different experience if you were sitting next to one of those little, whatever you want to call the sculpture, little things, you know, the entertaining things. It would be a whole different if you were sitting there and you knew you were going to be there for half an hour. I bet you people get out and play around and take pictures and stuff versus right. driving past all of them. So anyway, I think Dragon Man's got a little something going on there. He knows what he's playing around. He's having some fun. But at the same time, he knows people are waiting in line there and people right. are experiencing it for the first time. And they're coming with a carload of people. And he's got a lot of four wheel drivers coming in. So they're seeing all the gun stuff. So I think Dragon Man's awesome. So then uh, just went into the shop. You didn't go shooting or anything else? Mm-hmm. No, looked around, you know, but that was that was it. Obviously, about the, the hat or whatever. Is, yeah, the yeah. Well, I was going to pick up something. I was there, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, number one is you check that author list. I've seen the videos. I've talked to you. I've talked to other people that's been there, but I've never actually been there. So that gets checked off the list. And then, why not? You're there. I mean, throw at least a few bucks Dragon Man's way to, you know, keep the doors open and the lights on and whatever, okay, yeah, um, yeah. you know, that type of thing. And then it also gives me, you know, I'm not going to keep that. I was there, so I have the memory, but, you know, and whatever. But, you know, somebody may be willing, you know, give that away. And, you know, maybe, you know, that, pro- you know, not provokes it in the word, but, you know, inspires or whatever, maybe somebody else to stop oh, by one day when they're driving. Because it's a cool yeah. hat. And if somebody gets it and has it in a video, then somebody goes, oh, yeah. what's Dragon Man's all about? And then, anyway, so it's, it does what it's supposed to be. It's only about the one hat then. Yeah. Okay. You don't wear that kind of hat, though. I don't ever see you wearing that kind of hat around. Well, I usually don't wear black. And, yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, and then I guess uh, he wasn't doing, like, a machine gun or shoot or nothing. His, all his machine guns were in the north side of the building. Uh. Right. Yeah. And, um uh, any pictures they, of it? It looked like they were. Thing. It looked like it looked like there. Oh yeah, it looked like there was some people getting, um, getting geared up to do paintball mm-hmm. out there or something. I don't know if he almost every time I go there, there's somebody like right by the door there okay. getting all geared up because that's the paintball station there. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, there was a group of I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna say twenty plus people 
that were kind of out there together and they were looked like paintball gear to me so right on so uh going back again um yeah i mean if we go through that way or something else maybe yeah i'm gonna try to do something before everybody gets all lame and doesn't want to do anything good again uh where are we going from albuquerque to denver or denver to denver or something but because there's so much good stuff in that you went to the middle of it how did you get to colorado uh, or what's that colorado springs did you come up through new mexico or across from kansas i come uh come up through the texas panhandle cut the corner out of new mexico into colorado um up to colorado springs over to wichita kansas down to oklahoma city and then home so we made a circle basically so, so you didn't go into new mexico at all then just the corner Oh, no. So then you came down from Colorado Springs? No. Went up okay. to. So you go Amarillo. Amarillo. From Amarillo, you go north. Really? You can't get to, yeah, you can't get to Colorado from Texas. You have to go through New Mexico just a little oh, bit. Oh, you mean really tiny corner. See, when I hear yeah, corner, literally like I'm a corner. Thinking, yeah, I'm thinking like, well... Like 20 miles, maybe, of the corner. You know what I mean? I mean, not not far. Like, literally, just like going across a county, you know, okay, or something so in the corner. You're up here in Colorado Springs. I'm thinking you went down and then across like this. So, did you go to Raton and across? Yeah. Oh, okay. You did then. Yeah, I went from to, went to, I didn't down go across Trinidad? anywhere. So, I come up. Yeah, I, I come up through. Amarillo, Amarillo to Raton, basically, and then up and Okay, so if you went to Raton, then did you go to NRA's place? No, is it was it there? Oh, dude, we need to talk more. Are you more. serious? You yeah, were, are you, you don't serious? even want me to tell you how you were in the town. Yeah, it's just right here oh, where the square is. Oh man, yeah, that, that was that sucks. But anyway, you were right next to it. And now you've got an idea of where. So you've taken this 87. I have never, what I'm going to say is, I've gone, and then of course, you know what I'm also going to say is, if you go another half a minute down, you're in Red Dawn and all the Red Dawn stuff. But to get from Red Dawn to the highway, I wouldn't go around calling this a yellow line on this map. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a road that my parents wouldn't drive on. You know what I mean? Like, this is a road that I dig, but most people aren't going to want to drive on that road. So I'm wondering, 87. That's kind of the same as 25. It's just a highway in the middle of nowhere, and it's two lanes. Oh, fuel up, fuel up before you leave Amarillo. We did not um, because we were getting good gas mileage and, you know, didn't really think about it. And um, I wish we had because. Oh, these are farm roads. These aren't. There's there's very few places to stop and get fuel on that from Amarillo to Raton. And it is, and it's expensive when, of course, you know, it's all expensive now, but considerably more expensive than other places, right? Uh, Yeah, not right on a pipeline or something. Right. Yeah. 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 So, pro tip there for sure. Okay. So then you got to, but uh, driving wise, just nice and flat, or was that mountains? Um, it was kind of hilly and curvy that road between Amarillo and Raton. Okay. Kind of kind of hilly and curvy. It was a fun road, I think. It really was. It was a fun road. Okay, well, I'm interested cuz when I I you know, that's one of my dilemmas when I'm coming from Tulsa and I want to go to Dragomans or vice versa going Dragomans to Tulsa, 
do you go to i went to oklahoma city went up so i could go to dodge city yeah so oklahoma city up to woodward i guess and then kind of i don't want to go in the panhandle i don't want i'm not that kind of person so i just went up straight to dodge city and then across right. but right. i've always thought about going to amarillo it's just that because this thing wasn't a direct line i was like nah there's other ones that are a direct line you know so i'm not going to make a weird curve if i don't have to right. but anyway now i'm interested because i um there is some interesting stuff in the red dawn stuff that's down you know it can't be that big a difference it's down here out here in the middle of nowhere and that's got to be very similar in the middle of nowhere but i have no idea what the top of texas looks like so i am probably going to make that trip at some point it's okay not so, it's not mountainous right it, it looks it looks a lot like eastern new mexico yeah this is sort of that weird transition between the, the um what do they call that the rock the continental divide and then the plains right, right. so it's it's yeah. going to be a weird transition but it's a pretty abrupt transition from what i've seen i haven't seen it all yeah, yeah. Uh, so then you went to amarillo there was there's a museum there i keep talking about that uh i don't know if you were at time of day you were there but there's a museum we, there that you're worth checking yeah. out yeah we got in late just basically stayed in that and left out that morning that was just a stopover we've been through amarillo many 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 billion many times. times everybody has you yeah. know this is where helium comes from, by the way. And then, uh, did you go? You seen the cars, right? I think you saw oh, yeah. pictures. You went and seen the. Did you see oh, yeah. the, the same place except on the other side of town? There's Volkswagens. Yeah, we haven't done the Volkswagen. We've only done the Cadillac. But yeah. Uh, and then you came down across, like I'm assuming, like towards Wichita Falls that way. Uh, yeah, through Wichita Falls, a little, little, yeah, to Fort Worth, and then down from there. Oh, shit, I had no idea that I've come to Wichita Falls before, but never that way. So it's kind of interesting. So that road, is that a river or something? Why does that road go right along like that? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. literally road to Wichita Falls on the Amarillo, and that's they needed a road that way. Yeah, that road I'm actually goes, that. that's 287 that goes to Amarillo. Yeah. Yeah. And so 287, literally, I can jump on 287 20 miles from my house. <laughs> oh, now, yeah. now, it goes through a lot of towns and it joins a lot of other interstate and, you know what I mean, other roads. But technically, 287 runs pretty much from my house all the way to Amarillo. All right. Well, with that, I'll quit that, talking about traveling. But uh, Tony jumped in. Thanks for joining uh, we are here for ask gun questions, so we just spent 15 minutes talking about Clover's trip up to Dragon Man's. But uh, we'll jump over and start asking some real questions now. Um, oh, I did want to preference this. Just wanted to make double check that Tony's not going to swear a bunch of times in this show. We're, we're okay with this one. We're safe from swearing. Yeah, it's a safe space. <laughs> okay. uh, so let's see. I have a Ruger. I have, my, I have my coloring book and crayons just in case. It's all good. <laughs> I have a Ruger 10. I just need to know if I need to put up like a disclaimer. Uh, I have a Ruger 1022 takedown. When I reassemble, what's the torque on the takedown screw? Okay, so I think I know what they're talking about. But I owned one of these when they first came out. Does anybody remember when they first came out? I like ran to the store to get one of these, like a sucker. And then, what, 10 seconds later, they started coming out with cooler ones. So I got rid of mine a long time ago. So I don't remember anymore. But I think they're talking about to torque the barrel back on. Yeah, somewhere, um, you know, the actual, I think the data I've seen on it is is somewhere around the 20-inch pound mark, somewhere like that. 
Oh, I assumed you guys have these. Or Tony, can you have 1022s, or is that some weird yeah. thing that they don't let you? Okay, so no, we can actually have them, yeah. one with the one chassis, right? So, do you have you ever done a takedown one? Yeah, one of our guys had a takedown one, and I mean, really, they just tighten it by hand. No one really took out a torque wrench. You know what I mean? To check it out, just mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Wait a minute, hold on. It was a, what, just a knurled thing with two, some holes in it, and they gave you a yeah. wrench without a spanner wrench. So I just used to like hork on it. I never, I did it. Yeah. I wanted to be able to unscrew it, right? I didn't put it on. So it's only a temp twenty-two, so I just put it on there and then a little bit more. It can't affect accuracy. Your your torque on that can. It would so, have to, right? I would think that the, that's something yeah. that you'd want the, it to be consistent. The specs, the specs I've seen say something like start at like eighteen. Um, inch pounds, and then uh, figure out in like two inch pound intervals or something, and then shoot it. You know, and find you the have sweet one? spot. No, I don't. No. Do you have one of them? Was it a papoose? Not a takedown. I do have a Marlin papoose. Yeah. So yeah. that was a long time ago. I'm, am different. I crazy, or does one of the other ones have a ratchet? I thought. I thought I remember fiddling one from an old an old one. Where you couldn't over tighten it had like a you know what do they call that a clutch you'd get you know tight tight well or or um the papoose has a shoulder right so i mean it's like it's once you like once the, the shoulder it's shoulder to shoulder you know what i mean under the nut it ain't going no further anyway it's just a matter of how much force it's going to take to loosen it it can only go so okay far. so doesn't the ruger have a lip or whatever I don't remember. I thought the Ruger had a lip and a little notch. I might be getting yeah, a mix. It's got a yeah, it's, but that's but that's different than a shoulder, right? It's not two flat pieces together. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So one when of you've them. Got a, when you've got a wedge, when you've got a wedge, yeah, a wedge going into a V is a little different situation. Because there's more surface. So area. our answer is none of us know, but I don't think anybody is also Definitely not measuring it. I don't. I've never seen anybody pull out a tool. Like you say, if there's somebody sports shooting, they wouldn't get a takedown unless it was some necessary. Yeah, part. I mean, they did. I agree That's with. I could do think doing it. Yeah, I agree with Tony that you know, hand tight, you know, and then as long as, it, as your accuracy is fine, hand tight, and don't worry about it. This one, I guess, it'll just be our opinions. Why don't most production bolt guns have iron sights anymore? I think is how it's supposed to say. So why don't the modern production bolt guns come with iron sights anymore. Because most everybody uses an optic. I mean, outside, I mean, if we're talking centerfire, almost everybody puts an optic on stuff immediately. Yeah, sadly. Or if they are going to do something with sights, then they don't want factory sights. So why bother putting them on there? Just put a notch or nothing, right? And let them gunsmith their, their own notch. But I think that's it. Probably cost and nobody wants them. Yep. So I'm going to throw that into pistols. You guys are okay with everything going to optics all the time on pistols? Eventually, nope. like every model will have the little plate thingy to interface. I'm, I'm okay oh, as long as they don't lose the irons. And, and, and let me be clear on the rifle thing. Backing up to that for just a quick second. Um, I'm not okay with not having iron side options i think everybody should start out and be proficient with irons period end of story i guess it depends on the gun right if you're going somewhere specifically like people with their elk hunts or their international hunts they'll 
buy a gun maybe specifically or the gun they use for those hunts you know maybe something like that specific task built you know okay i'm never going to take the iron the sight off of it so or the scope off of it so who cares right but yeah i agree with you a lot and of people that big game hunt hunting. use irons though no i know exactly that's the thing a lot of people but, do especially for the big stuff right yeah. and yeah. some yeah. people just because just because something you use this doesn't mean people want to do it, right? They still make bicycles, even though there's cars and motorcycles. Right. Like some people just want to do things the other way. I think c cutting the notches for the sights is important on a rifle, but I can definitely see them just putting like a, a protector on there, but not including the actual sights or whatever. Because of like I just kind of like Glock, they put those ones right. on there, and they know almost everybody pulls them right off. Yep, <laughs> like GI charging handles on ARs. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think it's it's fine either way. I used to think the same thing as Clover um, until I started doing the diversity shoots and running a bunch of people through to just introduce them to firearms. Now I think learning marksmanship's fundamentals is exactly that fundamental. But if I'm just introducing someone, we can do red dot, put the dot on the thing, and then I'll just teach them how to pull the trigger. But yes, if you really want to learn, I feel the martial art of firearm manipulation definitely you have to learn iron sights both in rifle pistol yeah you got to learn it i mean that's that's a step but it's not necessary to just use it if that's going to be a thing you just use fine yeah but if you really want to take it seriously yeah you're going to learn how to shoot using irons because there's a lot involved and again, everybody knows iron sights. I mean, optics can go down. Iron sights can go down. But once you learn the fundamentals, you can hit pretty far with no sights at all on, a, on, on some firearms. Yep. Hmm. I was going to stop there and ask, uh, as instructors, uh, if you had an opinion on, on Red Dot's teaching and I guess it, you know, feel free to throw whatever variables you want in there. I know there's no black and white answers, right? So, but you both are instructors and you both instructed younger people and older people. Um, and I don't know, because Clover, it's been a while, I guess. I don't know when the last time you instructed somebody, but you can, I'm assuming you can imagine. But uh, I guess if you had, if you were at a gun shop, like Tony probably is often, he has, you know, the whole rental case to choose from. Do you pick something with irons to start with for a pistol or just kind of what Tony just said, I guess, or do you pick up red dot, let them see what a red dot can do and then decide if they want to learn from scratch again? Or I, I don't know, I shouldn't say if you've done it, because I guess I just answered that question because Tony probably has done it and Clover hasn't had a chance yet. But do you think that's good for training to start somebody on red dots and then kind of depends yeah. on you know you're going to fill those those people out it kind of depends on you know the, the person right i mean in my situation you know i've got them coming to me and they're they're concerned about as tony mentioned you know co competition is all about fundamentals right it's not about you know one-time use if you have to type thing or you know you know what i'm saying um and so you know, you have to be able to adapt and think on the fly and do other things when you're talking about that competitive mindset. And so fundamentals are important. And so from that aspect, you know, for having that conversation, then that's really where they want to go. 
then yeah, we're probably not going to because, you know, you, I will say this, you know, when you're talking about anybody new getting anybody new into fire, firearms, the quicker you can get them on a trigger and putting rounds on target, the better that experience is going to be. So you don't want to spend hours with dry fire and a bunch of boring bloviation and talk and everything else. Fundamental safety things, put them on a trigger. Target's not that far away. Get, get rounds on paper or rounds on steel or whatever it might be as quickly as, as possible. Um, and you can achieve that with irons just by a closer target or a bigger target or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, there's ways to work around my caveat of make it fun and make it quick, right? Um, even with irons. But if somebody's coming in and they're like, okay, I'm just, this is just going to be, you know, so let's say I had an, an older person and, and occasionally I get things like that. They come to me, they say, Hey, you know, looking for, you know, home defense, you know, I have, have a hard time, you know, seeing, you know, maybe it's an older person, whatever the case may be, you know, I get it. Right. And it's like, I want this, I got this handgun. It's got a red dot. That's cool. Let's, you know, learn the manipulation and shoot it. And, you know, they're not, they're concerned with that one task, right? And for that one task, if that's all they're ever going to be doing is, you know, and, and other than practice and training, right? They're not even doing that, you know, and hopefully they never have to even employ those, you know, that training and, and that learning uh, and fire a shot in self-defense. That's what we hope. But that's a much different situation than these people are going to be committed to, you know, a process and improving their skill and competing against others two totally different scenarios oh definitely two two different uses again i started um you know i mean i started training people in 2012 and i was definitely you know united states marine traditional iron sights it, and it's fundamental that you get these iron sights down because that's a building block it's a foundation of uh marksmanship fundamentals and then as I started doing more and, uh, you know, having more and more people come through the diversity shoot and you don't, I didn't have time to do the sight alignment sight picture, you know, trigger squeeze breathing. We could drop off the sight alignment sight picture with a red dot. Yeah. We, we could just leave that one a little behind and get people putting rounds on target faster. And that gets them to have fun and that gets them hooked. And of course they can go to the next port and somebody in that one has iron sights. But when the guys started showing up with optics, I was happy. Put the optics on the AR. They had no problem hitting, put the optics on the pistol and it took a little, you know, finding that spot, but then people were doing it. So it both serve a purpose, but I was getting, I get a great results with red dots with people all along the spectrum from kids to adults. Plus it looks like the cool stuff. You know, it looks like the cool stuff from video games and, and from your favorite YouTubers. It's got red dots, so it encourages people to shoot more, and that gets them hooked, and that gets them through the door and into the community, and then they can do what they want from there. Good answers. And then uh, I think that's right. I don't think it'll be too long before the norm is to have a red dot in front of your target and not a sight post in front of your target. I think it's probably like automatics. If you're going to teach somebody to drive a car, are you going to give them a stick shift or are you going to give them an automatic if you have a choice, right? You're going to teach them on the automatic and then say, now if you've got to drive stick, we're, once you know how to drive, then we're going to show you how to drive stick. So it might be something like that where they start, you start just teaching them on dots and then 
Now, if you really want to do it, or if you're going to do it for a real reason and you might not have the dot, here's how you do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Like if you're teaching somebody, you know, somebody comes out and wants to drive NASCAR, you know what I mean? It's like, why would you even mm-hmm. worry about an automatic? There's, there's way too many reasons you need that stick shift, you know, when you're driving a racetrack. Well, certain racetracks do that way. anymore it's well anyway that's sidetracking but um i was also gonna i threw in there it's sort of, i'm thinking there's probably an element of the fire extinguisher you give somebody a fire extinguisher okay at least they got it and worst case scenario they use it wrong and then burn the house down anyway but best case they use it you know on on without knowing what to do and they actually stop the fire and then they didn't do it well but they stopped the fire right just like somebody who brandishes they don't know how to use the gun. They just know how to hold it. And then the other person goes, oh, shit, and runs away. It still worked, right? It was effective. You don't want to rely on that, but at least that's the first level. Now, if you show somebody how to use a fire extinguisher, now they at least know how to brandish it and draw it and, like, hold it with authority. They may not be a marksman, but they know how to look like one, right? Because you've showed them how to use a fire extinguisher. And then there's a whole set of people that actually start a fire in a garbage can or whatever and then put it out with a fire extinguisher and realize that you can't blow at the top of the flame you have to blow at the bottom of the flame where the fuel is and and the heat is right and you want to dissipate the heat more than just you know wave at the fire so you know there's experience with a fire extinguisher on that spectrum i don't think we allow individuals to have a understanding of guns with that spectrum we expect them like guns are super important and we're getting looked at by everybody who hates us you better use it right all the time now we're going to fight about what's the rightest way to do it right Right. But okay, kind of. Uh, yeah, iron sights, the manual transmission. Maybe even worse than that. Maybe like the semi truck. Maybe that's not that far. Maybe I'm not getting crazy. Maybe iron sights are the semi truck. Night sights are the regular, you know, Ford or truck, you know, F 150 type of stick shift that a normal person could deal with uh, without training. And then dots or just driving around whatever car that people just buying nowadays anyway so uh what is unless you guys want to keep chatting about something there's random divergence there why is the minimum length of a shotgun barrel 18 and a half inches without <laughs> the stamp like why 18 and a half where did the 18 and a half come from and they didn't even ask like why it's different than the 16 and a half right that's right. That's an awesome question. And the answer is hashtag repeal the NFA because it's completely arbitrary and dumb. So, yep. you know, somebody made that number up. That's the answer to that question. Somebody, somebody, probably not even a firearm owner, literally said, oh, why don't we make it, mm, I don't know, 18 and a half inches. Well, I'm guessing that it was probably like the length of, in 34, there was already World War One, so was that when streets or trench sweepers existed? So maybe a trench sweeper is like eighteen, and they went like a half. You know what I mean? Like it's maybe like they based it off of something. The um, uh, what is it? The Winchester ninety-eight, twenty-inch barrel. As a riot gun, so I, I I would not put it past them just pulling it out of their butt. I mean, come on, 16, 18. And we knew that there was coach guns from back in the olden days. Like, so there's always been little blunderbusses and short 
coach guns. Like that's always been a thing. And I don't know if people were cutting them down or if they just plain sold them. I'm guessing people cut them because I've never remember seeing one in a cabinet. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, short stuff was was back in the old So maybe the 18.5 was like the average that people were selling. Like they looked in catalogs and said, yeah, most of them are 18.5. So as long as you don't cut it from here, you're okay. Well, understand the reason they were given measurements anyway. They wanted to ban handguns. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. And then when they said, no, we're not going to ban handguns, then they said, oh, we got to make some definitions of what a shotgun is then. So, mm-hmm. so my my educated guess on this, um, we know that it had to do, and this more has to do with the discrepancy between the 16 inch on an SBR and the and the 18 and a half on an SBS, right? Um, but we know it was concealability. Think about shotguns of that time. Um, shotgun receivers of that time tended to be shorter right therefore you had an overall length issue when you're talking about concealability right you could go shorter on a rifle rifles of the time you could typically get a couple of inches shorter because and it still be the same overall because of the length of the receiver that makes sense the receiver would be uh, especially on a long action would be a little longer so you know maybe that had something to do with it was the design of the shot most of the shotguns a majority of them of the time um i think oh man i can i i know i've mentioned this and it might have been to to jeff uh but i can't remember who else might i know i've bitched about this before that i don't know the actual origins and it was more than likely when people are re- complaining about the nra i don't know where oh maybe three years ago or man more now maybe five years ago three years ago somewhere in there Everybody used to just complain about the NRA before the NRA was falling apart, like just complaining about the NRA because just people have always complained about the NRA, but just Wayne and all that before the suits even. And uh, and back then there was the complaint was that the NRA, the NRA created the NFA. And in reality, the president, a guy who was the president of the NRA did like advocate for the NFA, but he wasn't doing it as the NRA. He just was that he had been that role. It was one of his jobs in life or whatever. And he was rogue or whatever. Yep. But at least that's the way I understand it. But at that time I was asking somebody or bitching that, you know, there's no history of that. And they mentioned something like a book, I think that uh, talked about like the origins and the, and that, but I, I would assume you can, that would you be could, I mean, who wouldn't want to know why they picked 18, why they picked 16, and you know, the, the, the back and forth. Would, wouldn't we be better off? I mean, if there was documented that Hughes Amendment garbage, that I've tried to rebroadcast that a few times. You'd think once people see that, they'd be pissed. I know I'm well, going off topic there, but you I've, know, if they, if I've read through 34. I've read through some of the committee hearing transcripts from the NFA. Oh, you yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're online. You can find them. I don't have the links readily available or anything else. You just searched for them and found them, though. But with a little Google food. Now they are like scanned copies that were obviously they were typed at the time and whatever. And so it's there. It's a hard read. I mean, it's hard read to any legislation anyway, right? Let alone um, you know something from way back in the day and that language and the way they kept records and whatever. 
<laughs> but it's it's a pretty interesting read, and I don't recall through any of those transcripts I've read. Now, um, there's some really interesting stuff when you get into what you're talking about. The guy that was there that wasn't there in the capacity of the NRA that we would think of today of the NRA testifying before Congress, right? But he was a part of the NRA and he was there giving his input, right? It just so happened he was giving his input as an expert on the subject, basically. And it just so happened to be he had ties with the NRA. Um, there's some really interesting back and forth that go on with that guy. Um, but I don't remember anything talking specifically about the links, the link, you know, the measurements, which is which is interesting. But I knew that, as Tony said, the whole idea was actually to get rid of handguns. Sorry, it's filling with dog's water. I think we would, if I don't know, we should find that transcript. I'm gonna try to do something with it because uh, I think we had we'd learned something about whatever they j did to get them off their backs and leave handguns alone. We could probably learned something from that, I would think. Yeah, I think it was pushback uh, from uh, people that were using handguns for self defense because I mean, they're. I mean, obviously, even today, uh, even with my people that I have in my events that want to bring their first firearm before we could even have the idea of carrying in Jersey, people still wanted a handgun for self-defense. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think that's just a lot of people's first stop uh, for self-defense is something short, handy, portable um, that they can use themselves. One-handed. Me personally, don't get it. I'd want the most powerful firearm I could have, and to me, that's rifles and shotguns. Yeah. So we have, I'm going to go on a tangent just because you brought that up, and it made me think since we haven't really chatted about this ever, I don't think. I think this is a new chat. We're on chat number 30. I was thinking about making this a 30 caliber chat. But anyway, 30 chats in. The Taurus Judge. So that was the answer that no one asked a question about. And it was putting a 410 shotgun into a handgun and making it a revolver and then having this weird cylinder and I guess not worrying about the fact that it was a really long cylinder and whatever. And now you're throwing out, well, originally weird bird shot and rabbit shot and stuff and then some slugs. And then they started to adapt all kinds of personal defense rounds, either for it or for 410 Derringers and things. So stuff that didn't need much barrels to kind of stay tight i guess um do you think that there's room there with everybody being into self-defense and everybody getting their first gun and of course the nine millimeter cartels made everybody get nine millimeters right off the bat I, i'll bet you i could easily lay down a thousand dollars on credit because i don't have a thousand dollars thousand dollars that 99%, 98% of all the new guns got bought were nines, nine millimeters, right? So, handguns, yeah. Yeah. So, once people go, all right, you know, I don't know what the percentage is. Some amount of people are going to go, all right, what else is there? Just, I like this now. I'm not afraid of these anymore. You know, whatever. I want another one next. And how many of them are going to choose this 410 option? I'm assuming a judge, a governor, that's about the only modern good thing that are out there, but. It, you know, good, quote unquote, at least that works and it's available. So uh, unless they come up with something like a four barrel 410, that'd be kind of neat, right? Like a like that cop, 
but they don't make that yet. So I guess that's what I'm asking is, do you think there's some legs with 410 now that all these new self-defense shooters are on board and the ones that decide to move on, will they find 410 and dig it or will they just ignore it and move on to 45 gap or something? <laughs> there definitely will be people. That's funny. Uh, there definitely will be people to get the 410 because I've watched them at my workplace. I've watched guys who started off because of 2020 and the uncertainty by their first firearm. And then they bought their second and third. And then the next thing you know, they're coming up to me asking me questions about what else to get. And yeah, a few of them have come up with the governor and the, uh, the Smith and Wesson governor and the tourist judge. And they wanted to know my opinion on them. And I'm like, well, there's better. I mean, it's like a compromise. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I think there's better shotguns available. And I think there's better handguns available. And combining the two, I was like, it's it's a fun gun collector thing, but there are better tools available for that. So I don't think they'll go away. And I think there's definitely, if I were to put like some kind of percentage of the people I know, you know what I mean? That have asked me about it and, and just in my workplace, because that's all I'm going by. And, and the people that come to my events, I'd say like one in 30. Like it's not a lot, but it is enough that I know that question is coming from someone almost on a monthly basis. What do you think, Clover? Will people be attracted to it or will it just stay where it's at kind of in the fringe. I mean, I'm not giving 410 a bad rap. It's obviously it's super appropriate for certain things. I think it's going to stay on fringe. I mean, I just do. Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely stay. It's just going to be there. It's just going to be that thing that's always there. Yeah. I mean, you guys remember the, the fascination with the judge when it first came out and the like, we didn't have everything else. So it was, you know, the internet was new and everybody had a chance to talk and stuff. And then this judge came out and it was like, wow, like this is going to be the future. Like these, oh man, they can't, I can't wait to see. And then they started making like, what, by the time they made about five flavors, people were like, you know, there were judge people and there were people that were like, come on, man. And I mean, well, that's waned, but do you remember when it was like that? Or was it just in my circles? I guess that could have just totally been in my No, circles. I mean, I, I kind of seen that too. You know, um, there was a lot of people, you know, like me, and I think you know people coming to it new is a little bit different. So I think you, I think you can get some people that that realize the judge knew, and are like, wow, that's so awesome. But then, I mean, as they learn, and if they learn, they realize that okay, you're talking about running a, you're talking about running a shotgun around through a rifled barrel, a shot right through a rifled barrel. Um, and even if you're talking about running a slug through a rifled barrel, um, it's a different type of rifling because a rifling's designed and it has to for NFA purposes. Um, it's designed for um, it's designed for the the 45 Colt, right? So you know it's it's like it's not it's not the best of either world because with the shotgun you've got that goofy rifled barrel. It would be much better if it was smoothbore. Um, and then if you start to shoot the centerfire cartridge, the 45 Colt through it, you've got that massive jump right on the cylinder before you get to the forcing cone. That's freaking crazy. So it's like it's not it's it's neat and it's cool, but then it's not optimal like in 
in any way as far as there's a lot of waste right to the design it's like it's not efficiently designed for either one of those types of ammunition so then you get into this thing of oh i've got this it's freaking cool but in order for it to be remotely effective i've got to go with some winchester pdx 410 right or i've got to go with this particular and it's just like right. why do you want narrow something that, band yeah it's like why do you want something that to be remotely efficient you're gonna have to you know it's like i guess it's like having a car that runs on jet fuel right it's a bad to the bone car and it runs on jet fuel but at the end of the day you got to buy jet fuel for it or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, you know you're gonna have to pay more but then you're also you you know that you're gonna be like dependent i guess the word on if it's available yeah like i mean like you could you could have this cool you know turbine powered car or whatever and it's freaking awesome and you could run regular fuel regular gasoline through it but you're not going to get the same effect right is is if you did the, the high-end stuff so that's kind of where i see the the judge and the and the governor and even the even the circuit judge uh my my mom my dad got my mom one of those to hunt with because he thought it would be you know it's fairly close range here with deer hunting and stuff like that and and um you know it's it was it's horrible it's just i, I that's the only word I can use for it. It's horrible. Uh, is it fun? Is it cool? Yeah, it, it checks those boxes for sure. But, you know, as far as hunting or something with it, it's terrible. So, unless you guys have something to add to that, I was going to throw in another rogue question here. You guys meet a lot of people, especially when you're instructing, uh, and then you might, you know, get touch back, touch bases with them or, can, you know, just people that you know. So, people buy their first gun, I'm guessing adults that buy their first gun for self-defense. I don't like that, but I'm going to acknowledge that's probably the case. Then do you, what would you say is the reason for their second gun? And then not necessarily model, but like, are they buying a shotgun next? Is it a rifle next? Is it a, you know, is there a type of gun that is typical or is there a range or is it just completely shotgun to use upon? I think the, I think the first um, is usually, even with the vast amount of resources and those things, I think the first is usually just a, I mean, there's a myriad of things that can go into that decision, right? But there's not a lot of thought and research put into it. Um, I really don't think most people do. I think they run across something, they think, oh, the price is right, or oh, that looks good, or oh, I remember somebody saying something about this, right? And it's, I don't want to say it's an impulse buy, but I think a lot of people's first uh, guns a lot of times is an impulse buy. And then I think the second one is a little more, is a little more research. So the first, none of them are really influenced by. So it's same topic, their, the more refined tool. Yeah, for I think, I think first and second, neither one of those are based on, you know, seeking out a whole lot of education and looking at a whole lot of, di whole lot of different opinions. But I do think the first, is lacking on any opinion. And the second is maybe putting a little more faith in very few opinions. See, I have a totally different viewpoint because it's such a pain in the butt to get a firearm here. You know what I mean? We're talking months. You don't just casually go to the this store and buy a gun and yeah. walk home with it. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're, uh, we're what's the word? We're uh, assuming a bunch of stuff there. Or whatever. Yeah, so when you have minimum, even in a uh, quote unquote good township you're going to have a minimum of a month before you even get your paperwork back you ask a lot of questions 
Um, so yeah, people are, what should I get? I think, and then what happens is they get caught up in, you don't know who to listen to kind of information. So do you listen to the guy at the gun shop? Do you listen to your guy who's, you know, the former Navy SEAL Delta force operator or, or at least the cousin of one? It's like, so you get that kind of information. I so can, I yeah. can see that. That's one, that's one of the things. There's nothing good about gun control, so I'm not going to say a good thing about gun control. But if you had to look for any kind of a sh shiny spot, um, it would be that it does give people pause to make wiser decisions. I think on their on their purchases, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. So now they're stuck, <clears throat> and and they know that by this this month they have to wait another month for their right. other permit. Um, so yeah, people here, uh, and I'm just going by the state in Jersey that I have, uh, usually they get decent first guns, right? And, and then it falls into, well, what did they get the firearm for? Is, is their thought process, I want self-defense guns with an ass on the end? So it's like, yeah, rifle, pistol, shotgun. And, you know, you have to do the paperwork for the pistol and that's the, the first one because it takes the longest and you have to get your firearms ID card at the same time. So Everybody who I know encourages people to get their firearms ID card and their pistol purchase permit first in Jersey. That way you can, boom. So you got your card, you're 100% legal to go buy a gun, and some stores won't even let you touch one without a firearms ID card. So now you can go in and touch a gun and pick a gun up and ask a whole bunch of questions because you got this thing in your hand. And some people make the mistake of only getting one pistol purchase permit and you it's good for 90 days and you can get as many as three of them actually you can get as many as you want but no one really tells people that but you can get as many as three of them and use one every 90 days and then get a 90 day extension on the back end so you can really get six pistol purchase permits and use them all with extension but most people don't know that so they get the first good gun or get that gun that they ask a lot of questions on and then sometimes it's like Lay's, you know what I mean? You you just want another one. All right, I got a Glock 19, the good all around. But now I want a revolver. And you get like a 357 Magnum from someone because you can put 38s in it. And your education keeps growing. Or you got it because the Dirty Harry gun. Or you buy the John Wick gun. You know what I mean? Because people in Jersey make a lot of money. Um you know, because we're between both Philadelphia and New York City. So you have a lot of people making that kind of money, but living in the burbs in Jersey. So that's what I learned also with the diversity shoot. Like, I'm thinking everybody's going to come in at the Taurus, Ruger, you know what I mean? High point, uh, price point, And people are coming in going, yeah, I want to buy that. What is that thing? Uh, that's that. <laughs> that's a Nighthawk custom. You know what I mean? Or that's, that's a Smith & Wesson Performance Center. So, yeah, people around here, yeah, they make good decisions, better decisions buying that first gun because of the trouble you go through. Hmm. I didn't want to interrupt you there, so I threw some notes in here. But uh, I was just thinking about, I don't know, maybe guitars or remote control stuff or a lawnmower, a kitchen device, that, I don't know, microwave or something. You know, you can go to Walmart and buy a microwave, but that is not the extent of all the microwaves that are out there. If you went to a restaurant store, they'd have, they'd be like, what's your purpose, right? Like microwave for this is different than a microwave for that, right? So 
knowing that there's a bunch of people that are like, I want a remote control car. They go to Target and they buy a remote control car and they've accomplished whatever task they want with their remote control car. They may or may not know that there's like a whole realm of like nerds that worry about every little screw and bolt and shock absorber and remote, you know, everything about a remote control car. And they pour over these things and spend all kinds of time and energy on remote control cars. And they would scoff at anybody who just walked to Target and said, this is a remote control car because that's a toy, right? Uh-huh. But again, you're just going to get that remote control car, give it to your nephew or something, or maybe use it for a YouTube video. And then you're done. You're not worried about remote control cars. So knowing that there's got to be people that are like, yeah, I understand there's more to guns. I just want my gun. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, okay. I know there's uh -huh. people that are into guns. I just want my gun. And then exactly, who do you talk to? Do you go talk to the guy who knows everything about every nut and bolt? Yeah. Do you go to the person who's watching everybody who knows everything about nut and bolts? That's going to be a more concise answer because they're not thinking about as much stuff, right? Um, but... Uh, is my screen just glitching or am I crazy? Just tracking myself there. But anyway, I think that's a, a piece of it, right? Is um, some people are going to walk in and they're going to say to the person at the counter, you work here, you know what's going on. I've told you what I think I want. I want a gun that goes bang when I pull the trigger versus two bangs. You know, that's as much as I know about guns. You know, that's, so what should I get? And they sell you a gun like a clock or whatever. Sorry to offend. They sell you a Glock or whatever, and then you walk out and you bought your fire extinguisher. You bought your Target remote control car, and sure, we think it's a big deal and stuff, but in a country where you got a right to do it, you have a right to take it as seriously as you want. You have to deal with the consequences and responsibilities and obligations and all that, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Like, Not everybody has to be as gung-ho as everybody else wants them to be. So with that being said... I'm just putting that out there. There's uh, there's us, and then there's those people. They have a right to just come in and buy whatever. I don't care, blah blah blah. And then just let me sell me buy the sell me the thing. I'm leaving now with it, right? They're they're allowed to have that attitude. Yeah, That's I mean, an extreme example, but I'm asking, what do you think the ratio is? Is it like seventy percent of gun owners give a shit, and then thirty percent, or is it the other way around, or is it somewhere else? Like, what's oh, the I ratio of people that barely pay attention to their gun? Oh, I think it's higher than we think it is. I mean, because if we're going with all gun owners, uh, lots of cops, security guards don't care. It's a thing. They need it for the job. So they picked up either what everybody else had or someone was selling one used and they snatched it up. You know, one of their coworkers was selling one used. I mean, that's a lot of the cops at my job. They're off duty is whatever they bought off of someone else and they really don't care. As, as one told me Friday, it works. Yep. It works. It's a Gen 5 Glock 19, but it, I was like, okay. I mean, but then you have people like that I've run into. Uh, one of the psychs at my job, her first gun is a Kimber. You know, it's a Kimber 1911 that's really pretty, according to her. And uh, I've ran into a lady two weeks ago. Her first gun is a VP9. And it just depends on how they got to that point, I think. So like what led them to it? Who were their influences? Who was in their circle that they spoke to? Um, was it the guy at the, at the gun range who tells everybody, you know, uh, the James Jagger, <laughs> all guns should be 9mm and all 9mm should be Glock 19s? 
Is is it the dude with the concealment vest on that works at the gun shop that tells her two world wars, nineteen eleven, and she buys a Kimber? It just depends, I think, on who. Oh, or if it's motivated by television, movies, or entertainment. Right, Cagney and Lacey. I want the mm-hmm. guns of Cagney and Lacey. Bring me the guns of Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> Bring me the guns of Cagney and Lacey. I want whatever Clint Eastwood had. Um. I want the John Wick gun. I mean, that's that's the new, uh, you know, the new gung-fu uh, role model that a lot of people, because it's so popular. And because of video games and, and contracts or whatever, they, they know the real name of guns now. You know, everything's not like back in the old days when it, you had to call a Desert Eagle a Deagle. Like, people know the names of the firearms they use in video games now, and they want them. Um, I'm going to head over to the live poll that we got going on. We got a whole bunch of votes today. So thanks for everybody who's watching this live uh, voting. Looks like we got a hundred percent ratio of voting. So the question was today, favorite brand of the four brands I was offering. And that was Colt, Ruger, Smith and Wesson and Remington. Um, what do you guys see the screen? Do you get would you, without knowing, or if you can't, don't look, uh, which would you have voted for? Which do you think is winning? Well, I voted for Smith and Wesson, uh, but I, I looked at it, so I won't. Okay. I won't say anything. Did you look at it, Clover? Which would you vote for? Yeah, I've. Uh, yeah, I'm over there looking at it. I have not voted on it, so I don't know what's what. Um, uh, Colt, they, Ruger, Smith and Wesson, or Remington? Whew. A hard one. Uh, was easy. Ruger was easy. Smith and Wesson was pretty obvious, right? But Remington, I wanted to keep them American, so I went with Remington. Yeah, it's going to be for me, it's going to be between Ruger and Smith and Wesson. Um, Nick, uh, I'll probably go Ruger. (laughs) And then, sorry, Tony, what did you say? You went with Ruger too? No, I went with Smith and Wesson, I, and it, and it was a toss up between what I have and what I like, and of course I have what three Rugers, and I have that one Smith and Wesson everyone knows me uh, knows me for, but like that's my favorite gun, so I went with that one. I mean, I really like Smith and Wesson, but then there's some things about Smith and Wesson I really don't like. Same with Ruger, Colt. Yeah, never really bothered me. I mean, I. I sad about Colt sometimes like you know what i mean like i wish they would have made better decisions but they've never done anything to like really bother me except lose to beretta right yeah like remington i think i like remington a lot i mean i really really like colt too like the whole story of the dude colt i like that whole thing and it led up to smith and wesson like i dig all that ruger less so because he's a modern person so you know i just like the story of those old ones but i kind of like remington problem is uh they just I don't know what to call Remington. Remington's like an empty bag now with the name Remington on it. Like it just kind of gets yeah. bounced around and people take it and put stuff in it and drop stuff out of it. And it it's just a name. Yeah, they made worse decisions than Colt. <laughs> they made worse decisions than Colt. Oh, and definitely. Colt's been, and Colt's been making bad decisions since the the first owner died, since the founder died. Colt's been making bad decisions. Oh, man. Man, you know what? I'm writing this down because I don't want to lose this one. What I think is lacking, and people, we've had this discussion recently, so it's been on my mind. You know what we're lacking is a non-sarcastic history of, like, the business of each of these companies. I've been watching a lot of these, like, big budget 
some television station makes these like history of the past, like history of uh, Oreos or history of peanut butter cups and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I'd really like to see a history of cult, but not in the like show off. Let's make it a documentary or docudrama thing. But like, here's where cult, because I've seen some also some really interesting business stuff where they go back and show like this is the history of Walmart. And without trying to sell you Walmart and without trying to make you stop going to Walmart, just telling you here's an interesting history of Walmart. Here's where it came from and up and down or whatever. Like just, you know, somebody who knows business and maybe that's something we can try to bring together. Somebody who knows business and somebody who knows history. Oh, okay. And have them go through like you know where cult screwed up and you know when the company devalued or whatever like whatever it's called when it went to the film public i guess and then you know yeah it's well, wrong decisions othias was where i went and that's where i heard some of my best stuff between othias and ian from uh, forgotten weapons and it was really interesting to me because they talked about how it went from cult and he died as a young, relatively young dude. Yeah, like 35 uh-huh. or 45 or something. Something like that. I mean, he was young, left a wife, a widow, and uh, a young son. So his wife took over the company, uh, running the board and things like that. And they were hoping the son would grow up and be involved in business. But the kid was spoiled and pretty much wanted just to be a playboy and get laid a lot and ended up dying jumping out of a window escaping a husband that caught him at home with someone else with the guy's wife and the kid actually jumped out of the window and died in the fall so that pretty much ended you know so when the widow died colt went public i mean he just went to stockholders and people that didn't really care about it and they just started making bad decisions well, that's interesting because somehow they got the Browning 1911. So was that just uh, the government said, hey, thanks, Browning? And then well, I think Colt was like, we'll make it. What was going with it, it was uh, you had some people that still knew Colt and were still in the business, you know, of gun making. And uh, that was around the time that, you know, um, wow, John Browning was around and Winchester screwed up. And Colt got a crack at him, and they hired him. And government contracts throughout Colt's history, according to the history I li- uh, listened to, government contracts saved Colt every time. Just, just every time they were about to go belly up, government contracts came through. World War One came and saved them the first time. World War Two saved them the second time. Vietnam and the M16 and other firearms saved them again. And that went on up until they lost the contract to FN. Yeah, another way to look at that is that, you know, without them being willing and able to take whatever, where everybody else, you know, the government contract for the M16 is laying there and everybody's like, uh, I'm tooled up to make my gun. I'm tooled mm-hmm. up for wood and steel. Like, I can't do that. And if Colt's over there being desperate, they're like, hell yeah, I'll do aluminum and plastic. Give me, give me. Mm-hmm. Especially since they already had buyers. I mean, very, very rarely do you get someone come to you and go, hey, listen, we sold these to the Air Force, but we can't make enough of them. Like, the Navy SEALs are using them, then the Air Force saw them, or excuse me, Air Force, then Navy SEALs, but we can't make as many as they need. Can you do this? But you already got a customer base built in. Yeah, it was Navy SEALs, because Colt got the Air Force to buy them uh, with the watermelon thing. And General DeMay at the 4th of July cookout. 
that had to be cool. Just walk up to a four-star Air Force general. <laughs> hey, you ever shoot one of these? Shoot some watermelon. I like them. I want thousands mm -hmm. of them. That's something like the story of sharps. So we have sharp shooters because mm -hmm. the sharps walked up to Lincoln or something like that and said, you should buy these guns and whatever. And he's like, if you can make this thousand yard shot, then I'll buy a thousand of them or something like that. So he goes out there and he makes the shot right in front of Lincoln or something like that. I forget the story. I remember looking it up when I was doing the firearms inventors deck and finding it. But yeah, that guy just same kind of thing. Just like just had the balls go up and do it. Now we still say sharpshooter because that guy got Lincoln to buy the sharps. The sharps went to the marksmen or the snipers or whatever we call them. Back then they called them sharpshooters. So, you know what I'm going to do? You know Ashley, right? Hablinski? I think uh -huh. that's I think she's in Arizona, I think. Yeah, I'm going to shoot her uh, I'm going to shoot her a DM. Um I want to see if she knows why 18 inches is the like like where did 18 inches come from? Is it oh, yeah. arbitrary or that's, is there a story behind it? Yeah, off the top of her head, too. Yeah, that's why that's I was like, who would I know that's a big enough nerd? That would be interesting. We could, we're getting to the hour mark. So I was going to ask you guys, should we stop it and actually do the hour show? Or because we could just stop asking questions uh, or uh, not worry about it so much and do the 90 minutes. Um, but we could do a whole show sometime where people ask questions that we couldn't possibly know the answers to and we attempt to contact people. Although it would be kind of annoying to be contacting a bunch of people randomly on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, could you could you keep us uh, you know like thirty minutes on a Saturday <laughs> so we can shoot you these questions? Yeah. Uh, I was in the uh, listening to Toby from Cape Gunworks uh, doing uh, his radio show the other day, and he was talking about Fast and Furious, where the ATF uh, was watching a bunch of guns go to Mexico so they could trace them, and then. Uh, to, you know, do some kind of determinations based off of surveillance instead of just arresting people and trying to interrogate them or whatever. Because you try to interrogate cartel members, good luck. Like, those are actual criminals. They're not just, like, weekend, I got nothing to do but try to cause a crime. Like, these are criminals, right? So they're trying to, I guess, do surveillance. I don't know. You never really hear it from the ATF side. But anyway... Uh, Toby was talking about the issue or the, the that that I don't know what to call it, like that debacle or whatever. That seems like too light a word to use, but uh, like that heinous infringement by a tyrannical government agency. How about there? But anyway, he was talking about it, and I was like, "Hey, I know Mike. Like, you know, I know Mike's here in Tucson." And uh, anyway, I was like, "Hey, if you want, I can get you guys hooked up so that Mike could be on your show." And I was like, "That's awesome because I haven't talked to Mike in a while. Now I have an excuse to say, hey, Mike, you know, we haven't chatted in a while. Let's chat.' And then also, here you can be on this radio show, talk about your book. People can hear about the the story again. Is it something? I don't know. I I personally think we don't want to let let those things be uh, forgotten." I don't think we have to harp on them, but at the same time, right, they should be in the awareness so that they don't get to, we already know they're going to do some weird stuff to create narratives or just, well, I guess create narratives out of thin air. You know, we don't want them to, we don't want to lose our own actual knowledge of history. We definitely need to keep it in a national conscience. Things like um, Fast and Furious, 
and Ruby Ridge, they definitely have to be, stay out there. There's, they overreached, they lied. The bombing of the MOVE group in Philly, where the Philadelphia State Troopers actually dropped a firebomb onto a neighborhood and burned down over 200 homes. Like, you have to know that. Um, the fact that they dropped bombs on parts of Tulsa, you know what I mean? In the 1920s, it has to be staying in the national, because they won't teach it in schools. They won't teach it in school. They won't talk about the government overreach, the failure to keep everyone safe, the failure to apply the law equally to all people. That No, they're going to brush over that. And it's up to us in this culture to keep it on the forefront as examples of why you need to be armed against tyranny. Well, and why being armed is what resists tyranny. So it's, it's not as though there's anybody waiting for something. The concept is that uh, having the quills, the porcupine doesn't get attacked that often. The only time a porcupine gets attacked is by uh, somebody who's new to porcupines, right? Once people have established, oh, that's a porcupine, let's leave all porcupines alone. That's sort of an armed populace, right? Definitely, yep. It's, it's not as though the armed populace is out looking for problems. The porcupine ain't out there like poking people. The porcupine is looking for bugs or whatever porcupine does, minding its business every once in a while looking for a girl porcupine, right? The Everybody else is acting like, well, anyway, I just wanted to put that up there, but that's the, uh, I got porcupines. I got lost track where I was going thinking about porcupines. Um, there's that lion and porcupine thing going around recently, so porcupines are on my mind. Yeah, that's big. Clover never answered. Um, I'm going to say, let's try to wrap it up then. We've agreed. Do we agree that they say Ruger won? Smith and Wesson, 35%. Colt, 13%. Remington, 9%. I kind of figured Remington would lose. I didn't think Colt would get that low. So do you agree with them? You're happy with the, I'm assuming you guys are happy with the Ruger Smith? Yeah. I mean, it almost goes by, um, price. Most people can afford a Ruger. And then, when you, or you can afford a Smith, but then Colts are kind of expensive. And Remington, just like real life, falls in last place. Well, and then also I was trying to come up with something. I'm, I'm, in my, I'm in Sig, but I'm trying to think of who else has a lot of different variety. Like Ruger makes everything. Shotguns, revolvers, semi-autos, rifles, ARs, like literally pretty much everything. Ruger doesn't, make, Ruger, Ruger doesn't make shotguns anymore. Well, okay, but I'm saying historically yeah. you can be a fan of any of that and like a Ruger. And some of the Rugers, everything they made, right. they make good stuff. I mean, Ruger Oh, yeah, yeah. The red label heavy. shotguns are awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then Smith & Wesson makes a lot. Colt has technically made everything. And then the only one I could think of that's technically made everything is Ruger, Remington because I couldn't think of another American company. that it Mossberg. Made. I thought about – well, I was thinking – no, I did think Mossberg, but I know they've only made like a pistol or two. Same with Remington, though. Mossberg has not made a revolver. Mossberg revolver. No, I think they only made that one little brownie pistol or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they have the MC1, MC2. Um, also, uh, CZ, another one, especially now if you count Dan Wesson as part of their label. Oh, no, that's, that's fake, though. I'm, I would make a whole like Beretta CZ, make all mm -hmm. them fight against each other. 
Yeah, I mean, the European countries, there's like two. Uh, yeah, Beretta and CZ off the top of my head. And then Sig, if you want to throw it in, but I'm Sig, no, me shotgun for Walther, they, they, Walther. Walther happens over here. And then I was, um, wait, we said CZ, Beretta, Walther, and then Sig, because I call Sig. I mean, mm-hmm. USA. I tried one time back when I was still doing, putting a lot of attention into YouTube back in the day. I tried to do like a PowerPoint type of thing on Sig, and it got complicated because. I mean, every time, every variation yep. you've heard of the word SIG, SIG Sour, SIG USA, SIG Inc., like everything you've heard of SIG is a different company completely. Sour and big Sun. arms, JP Star and Sons. But yeah, there's like ever, there's so many of them. And it's because they're doing something or it's a different era. Man, that would be a, if somebody could put all that together, that would be pretty crazy to visualize all that. It's, it's, hey. but anyway, so I know there are Hold US on. versions. Quick question. SIG. What would IWI come in? And do you still count them? Because they made handguns, rifles, and pistols. Oh, yeah. And they made and under car arms. We had a lever action, lever action 44 Magnum or something at the auction one time, and it was made by IWI. So they made a lever action 44 Magnum for a while in Israel. Okay. And do you count them as being part of car arms? Because now you got the BFR. If you're counting arms as an American company, then yeah, they get to because Magnum Research came from uh-huh. here. IMI bought them, or IW, IMI bought them, and then IWI is now, and then yeah, Car bought them back. So I mean, that's one. Of, that's one of those. AMT, I think, is one. Uh, who's that one? Para, Para got bought a bunch of times. Like that would be maybe a whole nother group to put together. It's just all the brands that get bought all the time, and are valuable brands, and people keep either adding to them or maybe there's a plateau, but you know, sometimes, uh, or some time, but you, you know, there's some brands that keep coming back to life. Yeah. All the Tavors and stuff. That was a big era. Anyway, we're, uh, definitely over the hour. I'm going to start wrapping it up. I'm going to give both of you guys the opportunity to just chat about what's coming up, what's going on, what you wanted to chat about. Uh, let's mention that, uh, you can call your senators. If DJ was out there, he'd be saying, uh, some links to senators. I'll go grab those. It's a good time to let senators know what's up. And if you're a content creator, consider sharing that to help other people get motivated, inspire them, remind them something they were going to do anyway, something they might do in front of other people also. Anyway, uh, that's I'll, throw, I'll stop talking. Tony, what's happening? On the 11th, August 11th, I got my next diversity shoot at Gun for Hire Range in Jersey. It's going to be great. People have been buying tickets ever since my crazy rant running down the turnpike. It woke some people up. And also Yankee talking about it really helped. Um, you want to support our work, please go to diversityshoot.com. Make donations. That pays for ammo and food. And um, take some of the pressure off me while I'm hosting the event. Hoping people show up and buy tickets to the raffle. If the pizza's paid for before they show up, I'm kind of chill. So please, donate. Help us out. Um, I'm recording a new podcast today. I wrote it yesterday. So the next version, what, 88, is going to be out. So I can't wait to record that and put that out. If not Sunday, it'll be out Monday morning. And that's what I'm up to. How did the last one go? That was Wednesday? The last one was uh, uh, two weeks ago. And it was really successful at the Union Hill Gun Club. We had a lot of people come through. 
We had really cool guns. The sad part is people wait. I had sold zero tickets by noon that day. And by seven o'clock, I still had people buying tickets to the show that started at six. So it's a little frustrating sometimes. And we had over, what, 15 people show up. They all bought their tickets within a, a six hour period. So that gives you a little agita going into an event, having only sold like four tickets, and then people just showed up almost as if they bought the tickets at the door. So if you want to help me out, please, man, if you're coming, try to give me at least 12 hours notice so I go, okay, I know how much pizza and soda to buy. But thank you for coming out. Right on. Well, I appreciate the insight, but... Um... I don't know. I would say that it'd be cool if those challenges would uh, become easier, but I imagine they're just always going to be consistent, right? Like there's always going to be some well, kind of challenge similar to that. Or you know, I'm thinking of getting, um, I'm thinking of talking to a couple of uh, people that are willing to help me out that own different kind of companies and see if I can get a t-shirt or some kind of swag that you get if you purchase your tickets, you know, up to two days before you get a hat or something free hat when you come to the event. But if you wait till the last day, you just get the ticket and come in. You don't get the free hat. Well, that's a great way to do it. Actually. I'm just trying not to stress myself out. I was crazy. Waking up that morning and having zero tickets to the event. So, and then to almost book the event out because we had to put, um, what do you call it on it? Um, you know, I had to order pizza and things like that. So it's like, how many do I order? And we just had to double. We doubled the, between when I ordered the pizza and when it arrived, it had doubled the occupancy of the event. <laughs> I'm like, I guess everyone gets one slice now. Yeah, see, that's tough. That's that's there's no way to to kind of prepare for that other than to have them on redial and be like, hey. Act like we dropped all that, you know, double that order or whatever. Yeah, that's not happening. <clears throat> Smeggy, that's funny. That's what it feels like some days, though. But I'm, I'm glad to do it. I mean, that was the only time something that extreme has happened in seven years, so I'm cool with it. Usually, I know by noon of that day close to how many people are coming. Um. You got some time to chat off air, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll chat off air about something. Okay. Um, but yeah, okay. So cool. And then we've got Rick Ector's thing just happened. Katie's thing was earlier in the year. We had the uh, uh, shot show even earlier than that. What else is there that's an opportunity for, well, I guess, Gun Rights Policy Conference? Nobody's heading to that, though. If they have me, I'm doing it online. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Do they have, I didn't even see if they have some sort of an online version of it in addition this year. I imagine they will have. Um, anyway, so what's your next traveling event is, I guess, where I was going to try going with that. I'm 100% going to shot. We've actually been talking about trying to make sure we get um, a decent Airbnb this time instead of uh, one on the set of um, 
Boys in the Hood. Because really, that that's where our last B&B was. Um, and I decided I did not want to be there. So we're trying to find a nice Airbnb set up for our guys. I think there may be four of us coming from the Firearms Radio Network. So my next big thing right now planned uh, to do with this is Vegas. Right on. Oh, you know what? This, I was thinking, I guess, going backwards, I was trying to get to that Pennsylvania thing. Do you ever go to that? All the time. Great American Outdoor Show. I you go to it, yeah. But have you gone to that as um, the diversity shoot and, like, set up at it or anything? Oh, no, not setting up at it. Those tables are way too expensive for somebody like me. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think I've ever asked that. I just assumed that... Well, I guess you're right. It's well, it's ninety. It's nine days, but I assumed it was something like a gun show, uh, a show type of thing where you're buying a booth. You, you, yeah, you have to buy a booth, um, almost like a shot show type thing. Uh, the place is mostly uh, outdoor sporting goods. Like the gun side is pretty decent, but the last few years it's dropped off between uh, COVID and the fact the crazy ass organization decided they didn't want ARs after Sandy Hook or something. And NRA actually bought the event. And then all of this is happening with the NRA. So it kind of took a hit two to three years in a row. Hmm. But, but it has a lot of people. If you want guide, uh, game guide, hunting guides, place is packed. They have a whole segment, hunting guides, fishing guides, outdoor sports kind of things like that. Rodeo, animals, air guns, RVs. It is definitely worth going to if you're within eight hours of the place. The Great American Outdoor Show happens right after SHOT Show. So it's at the end of January, beginning of February. You know what? I don't know. You know, we kind of got there randomly, I guess. But uh, of all the times people have explained it, I don't know if anybody's explained it from that angle. I've heard of it being an outdoor show and stuff, but I guess I always just thought of it with like bows and arrows and fishing and stuff. But. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's more like almost like a state fair with a big gun section to it. It's got a big gun section to it, and it had, dude, they have little houses there that you can go and talk to little house manufacturers, RVs of every size, tow behinds. I mean, I just, uh, air guns, they have a whole section for air rifles and a whole uh, target segment set up so you can just sit down and plink with an air rifle inside. And these are, I'm talking everything from your Daisy to seven, eight, $1,000, $1,200 air guns. Definitely worth going to. Hmm? One time at Media Day at the range, I was there and I was, you know, filming video or whatever. And they got all done and they're like, oh no, that was an airsoft. I was actually shooting nine millimeter. I'd done the whole video thinking I was shooting airsoft. Okay, so sorry. Uh, Clover, what's happening? What's next for travel? Travel? I don't know. Probably Tulsa coming up. Um, in, uh, I wish Tulsa November. was closer for Tony. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, Tulsa probably in November. I mean, sadly, that's the same weekend as the uh, USCCA Concealed Carry Home Defense Expo. So um, my loyalty and commitment, I think, lies more with, with Tulsa. So we'll go there. But um, that's it. Honestly, uh, it's one of the reasons we kind of had the little road trip last weekend is because really wasn't anything on the calendar for the year. and Wanted to get, you know, something else in. I, we really enjoy that. Um, 
yeah, that, that sort of will mark the end as far as coming up, uh, working on the podcast studio, patrons and, and uh, channel members have got some little behind the scenes on that. So working on setting them guests through, uh, you know, Tulsa time. So through the first of November. So starting here in a couple of weeks, that'll kick back off. Uh, with podcast guests and stuff, and we'll run that through the first part of November. Uh, produce videos will kick off probably Friday. Um, we'll start dropping those again. Uh, and uh, for, again, for Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members, uh, the uh, launch pot poll will be up here shortly, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully have the podcast studio uh, done by Monday to, to do that. If not, that's going to be kind of, kind of weird but uh the, you know the biggest thing is just you know thank you to um thank you to everybody out there that's that's been patient while we've taken a break and kind of uh refreshed and renewed and got some things uh done and all that sort of stuff really appreciate that more than anything right on. now when you're saying when i've seen the pictures of the studio but when you're talking about I see I'm trying to talk at the same time. When you're talking about building the studio, is it just the scenery behind you or is it yeah. that and like you're setting up permanent? I've seen people where they put like bars and stuff on the roof uh, ceiling or whatever. And then you can like attach lights and microphones to the ceiling or, you know, or permanent or something like that. Are you, is it no, that kind of stuff also? No, I mean, it's, I've got, I've got two different corners of, um, the room there and in one will be for the card channel uh the reboot on it which is coming up here pretty soon hopefully uh and then you know the podcast uh in the other so my lighting my laptop my microphones that's on all on stands uh, and that'll have to be moved but uh i'm doing it kind of methodically i mean once i get the backdrops the scene all that set up like the things i need to move i'm actually going to tape the floor where those go right so that I'm not fumbling. I mean, there'll be some minor adjustments when I move back and forth that'll have to be made. But overall, I know the general location, right, of where those lights, where those things need to be. So uh, make it pretty easy to swap back and forth. Let's throw a link out there to your uh, websites. And then uh, we've got the Ask On Questions over on Instagram. I posted a link to let people know about the show earlier. And one of the images in there is our new magnet. So sometimes you can get things vinyl printed onto magnet material. And I got this uh, Mac 10 disassembled cartoon looking thing put onto a magnet. So whoever wants the first one of them can put in, where'd it go? This, askonquestions.com, or no, just ask on questions, I guess and uh you'll be in the running with that uh thanks everybody for showing up this is a little bit sloppy i'm going to try to get a little bit more professional but at the same time i'm not trying to be a bunch of robots and we're not really here with much agenda other than to try to i think each of us have the goal of keep getting our experience moved along to the next generation or the people that are of, you know might be interested have some fun uh remembering things or recollecting things and coming up with a few good ideas um if you guys got anything else feel free to chime in otherwise i'll just let people know uh thanks again to our supporters people that subscribe to what each of us do or what allow us to get together like this and spend time on saturdays uh we go off air and often have some pretty good conversations
kind of strategizing on stuff. So like Clover said, I appreciate the people that are out there uh, participating in our projects out there, participating in the projects that other people do and uh, and the stuff that, um, you know, is what the back of it is, what the 2A is. All right, so I'm giving people a chance. We only got two, looks like people, oh, Mike, you got to put the words all together. It's a robot and robots are weird. So everything's got to be exactly perfect for them. So you got to retype that with uh, ask gun questions with no spaces altogether. So we got a couple of people saying it. <clears throat> Clover, what's the next video you've got coming up? Just to give people a chance to type it in here. It'll be um, going to be doing uh, on the trip. Uh, was unable to find any of the, you know, federal come out with their punch ammunition, right? And they do have a 22 long rifle version of that punch ammunition. I have not seen any of it in any of the stores around here, but we did um, uh, trek into a Bass Pro Shop while we were in Colorado. It's just down the road from the, one of the hotels we stayed in. And I was like, hey, we ought to go back there one evening. It's been a while since we've been in a Bass Pro. And lo and behold, they had uh, quite a few boxes of that. Uh, on the shelf so i picked up one of those so uh it will be uh it will contain let's just say i don't want to give away the farm but it will contain some uh some of that federal punch 22 long rifle they call it personal defense ammunition so we shall see i got a better question to ask tony ruger watches this show and they go oh i like what this guy's got going on over there in new jersey so we're going to send him uh, some sort of a certificate or some sort of, uh, I guess it would be a certificate that you can claim the gun shop of your choice, any 10 Ruger items. What 10 Ruger items are you claiming? 10 Ruger items. From current inventory. Yeah. So I'm figuring um, since they're doing it, PC9, definitely. Um, you can never have too many 1022s, especially if they're going to give them away so I can raffle them off. Um, so another 1022, even though I have a couple already. Um, definitely, uh, Red Hawk, Black Hawk. Maybe they're what Max 9? They have a Max 9 Pro. I don't know what that is. Is that a polymer it, wonder? They're hell, their version of the Hellcat. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know the name of the full size. I think Ruger American. Oh, and definitely a couple of Ruger Americans in 762 and 223. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do definitely those regular mags or am I crazy? Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, the 223 definitely uses AR mags. I don't know. I think maybe the 762 by 39 uses their ranch rifle mags. I kind of feel like we should do a whole show on just truck guns sometimes. Yeah. Oh, and definitely I want a ranch rifle in 7.62 by 39. I want one in 5.56, a Mini 14. So, yeah, I mean, just Ruger's catalog is awesome to me. No, no GP, no SP? Oh, definitely GP and SP. I hadn't even got to the revolver stakes. Yeah. Oh, actually, I did. I did say the Black Hawk yeah, Red Hawk. Right after yeah, those, one of the first ones, actually. But uh, I'm sitting here with the LCR in my pocket, and you didn't even grab one of them either. Ah, definitely. I don't even know what caliber. Probably 22. 
definitely 22. And, oh, uh, LCRX 22. Yeah, those are pretty sweet for sure. Yeah. I mean, because of the small size, less intimidating, yeah. easier to carry. And uh, I want the bigger one, too, with the 357 Magnum. Just because you can put 38s in it. Definitely all the guns I've shot in 357, the most comfortable and and it fits in my pocket the same as all the other ones. So yeah. And heck, I'll even try the MSR out. I don't care what the internet says. I want to see for myself. I don't know what that is. They're AR fifteen. Oh, okay. You know what no one knows about? Um, back in the olden days when we only had magazines, I remember getting a, a magazine and it talked about Ruger's version of a Mac 10 kind of, imagine if Ruger made a Mac 10 or a tech nine, I guess. So it's, it's definitely Ruger's version of a tech nine. Have you ever seen it? Actually, I probably could look it up. I'm on the freaking internet. So call it like a yeah. Ruger C9. No, I didn't see that. It's little and it's kind of crazy because it's. And I, I mean, I don't think they make them, so it's you probably wouldn't be able to get it in their current inventory. So it's a SM, it's an MP9. And how did I forget their Mark IV? Because they're horrible to take apart. No, the new ones, they aren't, supposedly. So, oh, it's more like an Uzi. That's why I liked it so much. So see this thing, it's kind of like a Uzi. Um, oh, wow. Open a new tab, and then I can make it bigger. I mean, it kind of looks more like a new, well, I guess it's a Mac. I don't know. I really kind of liked it. And at the time, this was in the like 90s, it had a polymer lower with this goofy little thumb thing in the front. And everybody thought it was cool to hold their trigger guards for a minute. Everybody, nobody will talk about it, but for some reason, everybody thought that was cool for a minute to like yank on the front of your trigger guards. So, uh, and then the stock kind of folded up into this weird square thing. I don't know. And it, I only seen it on a magazine one time. And then at SHOT Show 2005, I'm walking around SHOT Show with my camera for the first time. And there's a DM, there's whatever this is called, MP9 sitting there. And I'm like, hey, I'm pressed. Can I take a picture of that? And they're like, yeah, do whatever you want. Because I didn't know. Nobody cared. <laughs> so I was so impressed that I could like fiddle with it and whatever. I've never, that's the only time I've ever seen one. There's, there's not, I'm sure there's not that many. Definitely um, looks like an Uzi in, a, in some kind of mod kit to make it California legal. <laughs> You know, it's Ruger, so I bet you it's strong as hell. Well, it's felt strong as hell, you know, like way too complicated but, mm -hmm. and not necessary. But if they're going to give me one, I'm taking it, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, heck yeah. Like the P-Series pistols, <clears throat> the early ones, like P-85s? Yeah, I sold mine, but I I mean, they're kind of Zamic. They're weird Zamic. They're like whipped aluminum or something. I don't know what to call that. Spun cast aluminum, I guess. They're, they're yeah, they're so weird. They're cool. Plus, you can watch Desperado. I think the last one, what was it, the P95 was polymer lowered? Okay, we finally got 11. I think we're going to go with that. So thanks again, everybody, for joining us live. There is an advantage to watching the show live. And in this case, what I'll do, I don't have a Tony magnet or sticker or nothing, do I? We got to get Tony some stickers somewhere so that everybody can give away Tony stickers. But I do have some clover stickers, so you'll get this magnet. Do I have a clover magnet? If I do, I only have one, so I, I, don't, I don't think I have. I don't think I've ever made a magnet. I make magnets, though. I'll take stickers and stick uh, them on stuff. Yeah. Because uh, that's what I do. Whenever I get a sticker, I never know where to stick it, so I stick it on a refrigerator magnet, trim it off, and then that way I can just keep putting it wherever. Well, but uh, yeah, I'm not giving you one of my clover stickers or magnets, but I'll give you a clover sticker. 
and you'll get the first of our magnets I had made up, uh, which will be available at our store. So uh, with that, click and draw. So this is a feature of StreamYard. It'll just randomly pick whoever types in the hashtag of the day, and you saw me plug it in there earlier. I know that Clover will use this, uh, Gizzard will use this, other people will also use it. And then in fact, today, this little snowman we all know from, Cal from California won this. And I think there might be, is there other stuff heading out to Smeggy? I don't remember. But again, thanks uh, everybody for joining us live. And I'm, you've all seen Smeggy grab the first of our refrigerator magnet series. Um, with that, we'll uh, end it. We throw this out there in lots of different places, podcasts. Every once in a while, I take the video and distribute that. If you enjoy this show, I do see a lot of people. The reason I put the video out there is people out there do watch this. So either there's a lot of spam bots watching this, or if you're a human watching this, give us some feedback. Give Clover some feedback. Hang out with Tony. Give him some feedback uh, on their podcasts and on their live events and when they're guests on other people's shows. And uh, let us know that you're out there. Uh, we'll uh, continue to keep doing it. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. And now i got to actually...